Last week we started out talking about the benefits and the value of speaking in other tongues. And we want to pick up right there again tonight. And the first one that we're going to look at is when we pray in tongues, it is a means of talking directly to God. Y'all like to talk to God? Well, of course we can talk to God in English and in our known language, but it's really awesome to have that direct hotline to heaven, the ability to speak in other tongues. Passage of Scripture points this out over in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. In the New King James, it says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no man understands it. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. One translation, Moffat's translation says, in the Spirit, he speaks divine secrets. Isn't that good that we have secret talk just between us and God, heart to heart, to our Heavenly Father. And I like how it says here, when we speak in other tongues, we are not talking to men. Years ago, when the Pentecostal movement was just beginning back in the 1920s and the 1930s and churches were springing up all over the nation, there was an evangelist who went and put a tent up in the Blacklands of Texas. It was a rural community, all farmers there. And there, were, uh, there was a farmer in that community who was just real re- renowned, really respected in that area. And he began going to these tent meetings where this evangelist was preaching. And he was preaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. People were getting filled with uh, speaking in other tongues. It was a whole new phenomenal kind of thing. The Christians had never heard this really and hadn't seen this before. So these other two farmers, his friends, they were curious, but they weren't that curious. So they were standing outside the tent and they were watching each night. And finally one night, this renowned farmer that they all loved and respected, he went up to the altar. So they creeped up to the side of the tent. They're outside the tent and they're watching him at the altar. And all of a sudden he stood up, he lifted up his hands and he started just praying loudly in tongues. And one of the guys looked at the other guys and said, What's he saying? And his response was, I don't know. He ain't talking to me. (laughs) Not realizing how scriptural he was. For when we talk in another tongue, when men speak in another tongue, they're not speaking to men. They're speaking to God. And perhaps when you were first filled with the Holy Spirit or maybe even recently you may have been praying in tongues and, and somebody who didn't understand the, uh, the wonderful gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit or even sometimes the devil will come and try to sit on your shoulder and just say, you know, that doesn't make any sense. You're just talking gibberish. You don't know what you're saying. It's not a real language. You know, what are you saying all of those, those syllables and that gibberish for? Our response should be the same as that farmer's was. You, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you, devil. And I'm not talking to you, other person. I'm speaking unto God. And it's a mystery and it's a divine secret between me and him. As a matter of fact, one translation says when we speak in other tongues, we are talking God talk. 
So man doesn't have to understand it. You don't have to understand it. And I'm convinced the devil doesn't understand it. And that's one of the reasons he has fought tongues so hard and heavy. He hates not knowing what we're saying. He's nosy. He's a gossip. He loves to foul things up. So he'd like to get in on what you're talking God talk to God about. To see if he could get in the middle of it and mess it up. But ha ha devil. It's our hotline to heaven. Glory be to God. We're not talking to you. We're talking to him. And he knows exactly what we're saying. Hallelujah. Now this same passage in the Amplified gets even richer. It says... 1 Corinthians 14, 2 and Amplified. For he who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands or catches his meaning because in the Holy Spirit he utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. I love that. Not obvious. To the understanding. Then the Bible tells us that we are not supposed to lean unto our own understanding. But in all of our ways acknowledge him. And he will direct our path. That's hard to do sometimes. When you're facing a situation. Or you need direction. You want to fix it. You want to give God some advice and say, well, you know, Lord, if you would do this, I think that'd work out really good. Or if you'd speak to their hearts, I know they're loaded. They can meet my need. And, you know, we want to try to figure it out and try to fix it. But when we pray in tongues, we're causing divine appointments and glorious connections to happen. We're causing things that are not obvious to our understanding to be put into place that God's favor and blessing will come across our path. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful we're smarter on the inside than we are up here? And we are not limited by what we might know in the natural. Glory to God. Divine and hidden secrets are right here. Hidden, not from us. You know, the treasures, the rich treasures of this glorious gospel and of this kingdom. The Bible says they are hidden in Christ. And Christ is where he's in us. They're hidden in Christ, in us, for us. Not from us. But when we need them, we got a, we got a divine way of tapping into them. We got a bucket. Our tongue is the bucket. And when we can listen, your tongue operates like the bucket. And it goes way down here in your spirit. And it draws up those things that are not obvious to the understanding. And it brings enlightenment and direction. That we need. Over in Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3, we call this uh, God's telephone number because it starts off with, Call to me and I will answer you. And I'm going to show you great and mighty things. Now look at this part. Fenced in and hidden which you do not know. You don't distinguish and recognize or have understanding or knowledge of. But guess what? That's that same little phrase. Fenced in 
or hidden. Not from us, but for us. When we call unto Him, when we use our divine heavenly language, those things that have been hidden all of a sudden will be enlightened to us. And we will know the way in which we should go. Anybody else like that? I love that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, when we speak in English or in our known language, it is a learned language and it has to come through our brain. But tongues is a supernatural divine utterance and it comes out of our heart, not our head. Hallelujah. Thank God. It's a mean, tongues is a means of drawing out those things on the inside of us. We need that language from heaven to address all the stuff that's going on in the world. Amen? Another wonderful benefit, we're talking to God, another wonderful benefit of praying in other tongues is it is a means to pray beyond our limited knowledge. Hallelujah! We already said that. Many times we do not have the words to pray like we ought to pray. But we do have a helper. And his name is the Holy Ghost. Who gives us utterance? Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 26. I think I have this one down in the King James because that's the version I'm used to. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Another way of saying we don't know how to pray those things that are, you know, not obvious to our understanding. But the Spirit should be Himself, because He's a He, He's not an It. The Spirit Himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now let's just take a few moments and look at this scripture in detail. First of all, infirmities there is not the word sickness. It's not Physical weakness. But this is what that word literally means there, infirmities. It means our inability to produce results. Our inability to produce results. That's why the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and to our assistance and comes alongside us and gives us the words to speak, gives us the prayers to pray. Because if we had to do it in our own strength and in our own ability, that's an infirmity. That's all we, our inability to produce re- results. Have you ever been at a loss for words when you're praying about something? Well, actually, you may have words, but they might not be inspired utterance. You know, if you were to look in the natural at the state of our nation and all of the craziness that's going on with the candidates, I have to turn, I like Fox News, but I have to turn it off a lot of times because I just get riled up and I'm thinking, seriously, stop acting like kindergarten people. You're running for the highest position in our land, you know? Really. So you can't lean to your own understanding. When you're praying for government leaders or those that are running for office that might be acting foolishly, you might feel like Brother Hagin used to say this all the time. If their brains were dynamite, it wouldn't be enough to blow their nose. 
And so, you know, it can get discouraging. So that's why we have to say it in tongues. Lord, it doesn't look very obvious who their leader is because all of them are not acting like they should be acting. But God, you got the right person. And I'm going to pray in tongues. Hallelujah. It's much better to live out of your heart and to speak out of your spirit than to speak disparaging words out of your mouth. Thank God. He comes to our aid. He comes to our assistance. That word there, he helpeth our infirmities. It's used in verse 26. This is what that word literally means. He comes and he takes hold together with us against something. Like moving a heavy object. We don't have our grand piano anymore. Wah, wah, you know, whatever, it's gone. But if there was something real heavy up here that we needed to move, it's in a good, safe home. Praise the Lord. Our piano is a blessed blessed piano. But if we had something heavy that we had to move, I tell you for sure, my husband is buff. He goes to the gym and he can get the job done. But if it was a gigantic thing, he couldn't do it by himself. He would need someone like, hmm, I'm looking around, I'm not seeing you. Oh, Pastor Tom, sure, he's got done. Why not? I'm looking in the natural. I have to discern in the spirit. Anyway, who would come alongside and be buffed to help him come alongside the weight of that heavy object and help him move it? That's what the Holy Spirit does. He takes hold together with us, against something, standing in our way, against a roadblock or a hindrance of the devil, against an obstacle. He comes right alongside us and he says, here, let me give you the words to say. Here, let me give you the power and the unction, the power of the Holy Spirit, that it's a bondreke sombrekataha, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. It embellishes much and it makes what? Tremendous power available. When we pray in the Holy Ghost, we got the fire of the Spirit. We got the power from on high, and He comes alongside us. He takes hold together with us, and that power of the Spirit, that dynamite Holy Ghost, it blows up hindrances. It gets rid of obstacles. Barriers are broken. Walls come down. Hard hearts are made soft. Hallelujah! pray over a lost loved one. You know, they might be acting like if it's a kid, they could be acting like demon child. And it's hard sometimes to get the right words, you know, to say. But we have a helper. We have one that will give us unction and utterance. He knows exactly what to say in every situation. And he knows exactly what to pray over each person. Every person is different. Every situation is an individual situation. But the Holy Spirit comes to our aid. And he gives us that utterance. Hallelujah. To speak the words that will melt their hearts. 
This is for somebody in here. So stop fretting. Stop worrying. Stop being so concerned about the behavior of that loved one. Cast the care over upon me. And then pray much in the Holy Spirit. And I'm Yakurisabaha. I have ways and means to reach them and to carry Sambaha. Oh, to apprehend them that you know not of. So stop trying to orchestrate it. Stop trying to fix them and let the hound of heaven go after them. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. Thank God for heaven's help. Amen. Now in this same chapter, verse 27, Romans 8 out of the Amplified. Oh, this is so good. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints and according to and in harmony with God's will. Just confirms the things I've already been saying. Our hearts know things, our heads don't. And so the Holy Spirit, He comes and He looks in your heart. And He helps us to locate what's in our heart. And then He gives us divine utterance to pray it out. Not out of our emotions, not out of our reasoning, but out of our heart. Talk about heart to heart. Talk about talking. God talk. Amen? Just think, just think about what the word divine means. He says he's going to give us divine utterance. Listen to this. Divine is excellent in the highest degree. Extraordinary. Heavenly. Proceeding from God. Above human. That's the kind of help that we have. Woo! Extraordinary. Divine. Above human. Hallelujah. Talk about a heavenly helper. Woo. Help. Help. Heaven's help for earth's problems. Heaven's answers. Hallelujah. Extraordinary. Above. I think we ought to lift our hands right now. Let's just thank Him. Woo! We thank you, Lord, <laughs> for sending us your heavenly helper. <laughs> thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that He has been sent to give us divine utterance. He's been sent to be our teacher, to be our guide, to be our comforter. Hallelujah. Woo! Oh, we're thankful. We're thankful. <laughs> we bless your holy name. Hallelujah. And we know that we're not going to be limited by what we do know. And we know that there are higher places to go in God. 
There's greater utterance. You know, when I was first filled with the Holy Ghost when I was 11 years old, I really did. I had a wonderful experience. But I didn't have a lot of words in the Spirit, in my prayer language. But the more I prayed, and particularly when I went to Ramah, this man came and he talked about getting unstuck and that there's rivers and something, it was like a dam was loosed on the inside of me. God wants us to have a depth in our prayer life. He wants us when we're praying over different situations to be talking God talk, to have the right words for the right time and to pray them in the right fashion. There's different languages here on earth. There's diverse kinds of language in heaven. Diverse tongues. Hallelujah. And he wants us, I believe, to just draw nigh to him and develop in that area. Let me ask you a question. How many how did we get born again? How many of you got born again or are born again? Ephesians two eight. For by grace You have been saved through what? Through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. How did we receive the Holy Spirit? It's the same way. It's a gift. If you're a believer, you qualify. And you are a candidate to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But how do we begin to speak in tongues? Most of the time, we have to take a step of faith. It's not the norm that people just chew them and just, ah, you know, start speaking in tongues. Usually we instruct them, okay, the Holy Spirit is going to give you utterance. But it's your tongue, and you got to do the talking. Most people start out like you start out talking a language for the first time. We've got two little granddaughters that just turned a year old. And, you know, they're talking. And we just, you just get ah, so excited when they say, Dada. I mean, really, is that so hard? But when a one-year-old says, Dada, you're like, ah, they're talking. They're not really speaking a language when they say one word. And when they say hi, yay, they said another word. Now, it is a marked day when they say Grammy. Now that, all the angels in heaven rejoice. I'll never forget when Libby first was talking and John and Lindy were driving up to see us. And, and uh, on the way up to see us, because they kept saying we're going to Grammy and Papa's house, going to Grammy and Papa's house. She said Papa before she said Grammy. And I just felt like, John even called and he said, no, Mom, don't be mad, but Livy just said Papa. She couldn't say Grammy. I said, I knew I should have given her an easier name. <laughs> I was Amy for quite a while. And then once even Dammy, which is not a good thing. So that they have a hard time with GRs. You know what I'm saying? But when babies first talk and they say a word or two, they're not speaking a full language. It's the same when we get filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't learn to speak in tongues, but we yield ourselves to speaking in tongues, and we begin to speak by faith. And the more we step out and the more we develop, the greater the language will come. Over in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, just the last part of that, it says, God has given every man the measure of faith. That's the last part of it. For God has dealt to each one of us, the measure of faith. 
So when we all get born again, everybody gets the same measure of faith. Did you know that? Well, Roberts didn't get a greater measure. Kenneth E. Hagin didn't get a greater measure when they got born again. They started out the same measure of faith that you and I have. What's the difference? What is the difference? Some people grow, develop, use their faith muscles a little bit more. And they go to a higher level in walking in faith. Isn't it the same with your muscles in the natural? Every person in here has the same set of muscles. I don't know. Do women have the same set? Dr. Valentina, do they? Smaller, smaller. So, okay. Well, that explains a lot. But, you know, we all have the same. <laughs> Basically, we all start out with the same muscles. Now, we, you know, some of us have used those muscles and, you know, like Pastor, Ma- uh, Pastor Tom demonstrated earlier, just quite buff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Others haven't exercised their muscles so much. And what happens to a muscle if you don't exercise it? It gets weak, and it gets flabby, and it'll never reach its full potential. If it can be that way with muscles in the natural, guess what? It's the same with our spiritual muscles. We need to use that faith muscle. And it's the same with our heavenly divine prayer language. It can be developed. That's right. And you can grow in that divine utterance. You shouldn't be happy with three or four words. Awesome, you're filled with the Spirit. But spend some more time and just practice the presence of the Lord. Get in your closet. Get in your shower where nobody else hears you. And just say, okay, Holy Ghost, I'm asking you for more utterance. And just give yourself to Him. Spend more time praying in tongues and that utterance will come. I believe that the Holy Spirit is urging us to cultivate and to exercise our prayer language so we'll be more effective in praying out divine mysteries and divine plans for this hour, this time. Nobody else has lived in this time. People have lived, you know, hundreds and thousands of years before us. But now, here, right now, at the end of this age, I believe there needs to be a divine prayer language to pray out some things. Now, I heard someone say this recently, and I thought it was so good. Have you ever noticed how words express and expressions define the age in which we live? Think about it. When I say apple... What do you think of? Most of you will hold up your iPhone, your iPad. But for my parents, who are in heaven, but when they were alive, the word apple was one thing. It was a fruit. And now you say apple, and it has all these meanings. What about the word spam? If I say spam, most of us immediately think of junk email or something we don't want to see on our iPad or on our computer. But did you know that spam initially was an icky canned meat product? Not a fan of it. Some people like it. 
But if we said spam 20 years ago, nobody would have thought connected that with an email or junk mail. How about new words that have been developed and come on the scene in, let's say, the last 20 years or less? that our parents wouldn't even have known what they meant. iPad, iPod, iPhone, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If those words would have been spoken 20 years ago, people would have said, what is that, some sort of a sci-fi movie? Because it wouldn't have meant anything to them. But our natural language has to grow, it has to expand to keep up with the age in which we live. We got new words all the time. Noah Webster's dictionaries get new words added in there every single year. Well, if it's that way in the natural, don't you think God, don't you think the Holy Spirit is smart enough to give us words that need to be spoken In this day and in this hour, divine from heaven, beyond human, words that need to be spoken out in the realm of the Spirit to bring His glory like He wants to bring His glory on the earth. To to speak out words that give Him entrance and give Him utterance into the earth, into our churches, into our affairs. Words from heaven designed for this time and for this hour that will bring the move that we are desiring on the scene right now. You and I, we're his mouthpiece. We're his instruments here at this time, at this hour. And he wants us to just grow. He wants us to expand. There is so much happening around us. So much that needs to be prayed about that we can't figure it out in our own intellect. But we got a helper. Hallelujah. We have a helper, a divine helper who knows exactly what needs to be prayed about. There might be something in happening on the other side of the earth right now. And if you make yourself available and you say, Holy Spirit, here I am. I will wake up in the middle of the night when I'm praying. I will pray. I'll get up in the morning. Whatever. Here I am. I'm asking you to put these things in my spirit that I will pray out what needs to be prayed out right now. There's people in crisis right now at this moment and the Holy Spirit, He seeks and He searches for people that will pray for them, that will intercede for them, that will hold them up. I know I face things in my life, situations, and I'm sometimes I just go like this, okay, 
I'm a little bit weary right now. I don't know what to say. Lord, I'm going to lean back on the arms of the prayers. And you know why I can confidently do that? Because I have prayed. When I have prayed for others in their time of need, then I can say, Lord, I'm asking you right now, put me on somebody's heart. Oh, Lord, let them pray for me right now. I'm believing you for it. And he'll do it for us. Hallelujah. And then it must be brutaha. But don't always be the person that needs the praying. Rise up to the place and say, Lord, I will be the one offering the prayer. And I will take those cues from heaven. Holy Ghost cues from heaven. What is that? What do you mean? How do I know when I'm supposed to pray for someone? We don't always know who it is, but you know when you get this little on the inside, oof, I got to pray. Oof, something just hit my spirit. I got to pray that out in tongues. Sometimes you can do it while you're driving. Other times it's like, whoa, I got to get along. I got to pray this out. But he'll give you those cues. One thing that is so simple is sometimes, you know, you maybe haven't thought about a person for many, many years. And all of a sudden, just on the inside of you, you see their face or their name comes up. And instead of just going, I wonder why I'm thinking about them. Wow, I wonder where they live now. I wonder what they're doing. I wonder where they work. Say, oh, no, uh-uh. I'm taking that as a Holy Ghost cue. I don't know what might be going on. Maybe nothing. But it helps us to learn to yield, to practice. When these things come up in our spirit, go ahead and yield. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, many people in the natural say, I want to be on the cutting edge. The cutting edge of fashion. The cutting edge of technology. The cutting edge of this or that. But we, right here in front of us, spirit-filled believers, have the God-given opportunity to be on the cutting edge. Of what God wants to do in the earth. Hallelujah. To bring heaven's plans to earth. There's nothing more cutting edge than that. To bring God's will into manifestation in the earth. I don't know everything that he wants to do in this day and in this hour. But I do know it's big. Because we serve a great, big, wonderful God. And he's looking for people that will say, Hear my Lord. Hear my Lord. Everybody say, Hear my Lord. I'll be your vessel. I'll be your mouthpiece. I'll be your voice. Hallelujah. Now I want to close with reading you something out of Brother Kenneth E. Hagin's book, Tongues Beyond the Upper Room. If you don't have that book, we do have it in the bookstore. I would highly recommend that you get it. This is toward the end of his book. He's talking about the last great move that's going to hit the earth. I believe that this word came like a year or two before he went on to be with heaven, into heaven. He saw some things. And he, this is what he said. God is calling us to answer his call to pray in these last days. Jesus is coming soon. But before he comes, there's something he wants to do. And what he does on this earth, he will do through us, his body. 
The body has no coordination when half of its members are going one way and the other half are going the other way. So God is getting us ready. He's calling us to a common goal, to yield to the prompting of the Holy Ghost to pray in other tongues. That's part of why I believe there is a new outpouring of the Holy Ghost that's going to hit this earth. Hit the body of Christ. Hit those that don't yet know him. God needs people that will pray and pray effectively. And the real way to do that is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. One of my dear friends, Lynn Hammond, I read you her word at the first couple of weeks. She's the one that inspired this tongue, the language of heaven. She just had this huge desire on the inside of her to pray. Pray for the lost. Pray for the hurting. And she would just get before God and just weep and say, Lord, I want to pray. Help me to pray. Help me to pray. She woke up real early one morning and was crying out, Lord, help me pray. And all of a sudden, out of her spirit began to flow rivers of living water. She didn't even know what was happening to her. She started speaking in tongues, and she's like, whoa, what is this? And then she remembered that her husband, his secretary, she said, oh, yeah, she's a Pentecostal. Maybe she knows what this is. She called up her husband's secretary on the phone. She couldn't even speak anything in English. She just said, she called, and she just started speaking in tongues. And the lady, she said she heard the phone throw down on the floor and heard shouting and dancing. Because the woman had been praying that God would visit Mac and Lynn Heaven and fill her with the Holy Ghost. Woo! But it sprung out of her desire to pray effectively. Hallelujah! God's looking for people that will answer that call. Brother Hagin goes on and he says, The next wave is about to burst upon us in all of its glory. Woo! And everyone should be determined not to miss it. Is that you? I know here at Heart of the Bay Christian Center, hallelujah, and whatever God is doing in the earth, we're getting in on it. We're not going to miss it. We're not the only church. No way. There's churches all over the world, all over our nation, but we're one of the churches. Where God's going to show up and show out. Hallelujah. So every one of us should be determined not to miss it. Then he goes on and he says this. We have seen the wave called the healing revival. Got books on that if you want to read more about that. It's 1947 to like 1950-something. Massive healing wave all over our nation. We have seen the wave called the charismatic movement. How many of you got born again during the charismatic movement? There's a few of you in here. Some of you that are that old, that old. Alice, you're that old. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, that was in the 60s and the 70s. We've seen the wave of faith and of the teaching of God's word. 70s and 80s. Oh, my goodness, the teaching of God's word. He goes on to say, But another wave is coming. I really, really like this wave. It's the wave of the Holy Ghost. Woo! Hallelujah! 
and some of you are not so happy. The wave of the Holy Ghost. Let's do the wave. Woo! (laughs) Better. Hallelujah. The wave of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes. We've seen the power of the Holy Ghost in a limited fashion. But a wave is coming that will bring his power on a higher level and in a far greater measure than we have seen hitherto. I can see that wave way out yonder. It's in the deep waters, but it's coming. The wave of the Holy Ghost power, it's building higher and higher and higher then this was an exhortation from the Spirit of God. Don't stay on the old wave of yesterday's move of the Spirit. I am so glad for what God has done in the past. I'm glad I got to be a part of that teaching wave and that charismatic wave. I'm thankful. I'm glad. But guess what? God's not done yet. He saved the best for the last. Hallelujah. Don't stay stay on that old wave of yesterday's move of the Spirit. Swim out to the deep waters of the Spirit realm by praying in the Holy Ghost. Get on the next wave of God's purpose for this hour. Then keep on praying so you can can ride that new wave as it builds And builds in divine power and glory. Anybody else get blessed? Woo! I'm convinced, said Brother Hagin, the way that is coming will be twice as high as the healing wave, the charismatic wave, and the faith wave. In fact, it will be twice as high as all of them put together. I believe it's going to be the wave that sweeps us right on in to the shores of the glory world. Let's all stand. Y'all 